hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into this message. We hope that it speaks to your life. And if you have questions, please contact us. You can contact us on the website at thousandhillsranchchurch.com or thousandhillsranchchurch at yahoo.com. And then you can also call us at 580-216-6427. And may God use this message to change your life. I have two horses. Um, Both of these horses are ours. And... um, Here's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you, at, at looking at these horses, and I'm going to move this horse around a little bit, um, if he'll move. Move him over here so you can kind of see him. I want you to see this physical being here. I mean, this sucker's all there, right? But here's what I want to ask you. Based on just the looks of this horse and the beauty, the stature, the muscles, all that stuff, which horse is more beautiful on the outside. Let's. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna do a. We're, we're gonna do a. Uh, you clap if you think this horse is more muscular and built and beautiful. Ready? Get clap. Ready? Go. Good job, Spanky. You did good. <clears throat> All right. Now, based on this horse, how many of you guys would say this horse is more beautiful on the outside? I mean, he's just got more muscles. All that stuff. Yeah. Good job, John Wayne. Well, here's the thing. This horse over here is probably about 20-something years old. Uh, a friend of mine, Toby Morris, he uh, actually started this horse, raised this horse, and uh, he is the, the go-to horse. I have a three-year-old. His name's Hampton, and if I want Hampton to ride a horse, I can let this horse uh, in our pasture. I can put Hampton, a three-year-old, on this horse, and this horse will never probably even get into a trot unless Hampton really just spanks the fool out of him with a rope. So that's the, that's, this horse is the safe horse. This horse is the, the go-to horse. If someone comes over and their kids want to ride, this is the go-to horse. Great horse for kids. Now, this horse is actually four years old. He's, uh, I raised him or actually bought him as a yearling and I've kind of started him and raised him. You guys have seen him before. Um, but this horse is different. This horse, you know, obviously a little more athletic, a uh, little, you know, maybe prettier. He's got a little chrome on him. Uh, he's, he's a nice horse on the outside, but here's the thing. This horse isn't broke. Um, by my terms, not broke at all. I, I've ridden him uh, probably 20 times or so. I mean, he's going to be a great horse, but he's not broke. I mean, he doesn't have what it takes on the inside just yet to be a great horse. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times, I, I, when I talk to people about horses and they say, Bo, do you know of a horse that's for sale? A lot of times when they ask me, they go, I saw this beautiful three-year-old colt I mean, he's, he's really young, and, and I think I ought to buy him. And I say, well, how many horses have you ever owned in your life? And they're like, we've never owned a horse. And I'm like, well, the three-year-old you need to get out of your mind because the three-year-old's not the horse for you. Amen? Anybody ever been there? Here, yeah, here's the, here's the point. Never buy a horse just because it's pretty, Right? Some of you guys, you, you get in these magazines, you start looking at these magazines, and you say, man, that's a nice, beautiful colt. I, I just think that's a pretty colt. And you think, I'm going to buy that thing, and we're going to ride that off into the sunset. And then you end up in the dirt. Anybody been there? Can you just say you've been there? Yes, thank you. You guys are at least honest today. Usually you guys lie to me, and you make me look like an idiot. But, um, but the point is this. You, you can't judge just a horse by the way that it looks. If you do that, a lot of times you're going to go down the wrong path. Now, here's the thing. This horse, again, it's going to be a great horse, but it's just not there yet. I mean, it's a three-year-old or a four-year-old, and, and, and on the outside, he may look good, but on the inside, he's just not there yet. Now, here's the, here's the point. The point is this. What you can see 
isn't as important as what you can't see. Right? Now, you say, well, what's the point? Uh, the application for us is this. The same is true for us. If all we focus on, in on is what is seen, then we've missed the real point. The point is that we should be more focused in on what's on the inside or we've missed that point. And so here's what I want to touch base on you today. And my wife actually was supposed to teach with me today, um, but my daughter was sick. I think she made her sick so that she didn't have to teach, but no, I'm just playing. Uh, my daughter's sick actually today, so she's not here to help me teach this. But here's what I want to do. Today I want us to look at the things that are more important in life than just the things of this world, okay? Um, and, and I want to look at uh, Scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verses 6 through 10. And I want to preface this by saying, Paul is speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy. And he's saying to Timothy, Timothy, you're going to be a great preacher, but here's what I want you to preach. If you're going to be the best preacher that you can, pre- you can be, here's what I want you to teach. And listen to what he says, 1 Timothy chapter 4. It says, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Now listen to this. Have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and we strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people and especially those who believe. Some awesome verses. Let's pray together and ask God to bless the rest of our time. Lord, we just uh, come to you right now and I just thank you. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for how it shows us how we can live our lives, not just for the sake of this life on earth, but for eternity. And so, Lord, today, I pray that you would just speak to us, that you would show us where our focus needs to be, and may we always remain focused on what you want us to focus on. And so, Lord, we give it to you. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, here's the thing. The truth is, and and you may not be like me, but I think most of you probably are, our tendency in life is to focus on the things that are seen, the things that are before us, rather than the things that are eternal. Now, in these verses, Paul gives us some instruction, and here's number one. You ready for this? If you're taking notes, you need to write this down. Number one, eternal training is more important than temporary training. Eternal training is more important than temporary training. Look at verse 7 again. It says, Have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be what? Let's say it together. Train yourself to be, one more time, train yourself to be godly. And you say, well, okay, it says, uh, you know, have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives' tales. What would those be? Well, if, if, if you've ever heard of wives' tales, you've heard of probably these. Uh, you know, a lot of wives' tales or, uh, you know, uh, godless myths or whatever, they say if you'll do this, then this is what will happen. Um, and here's some silly examples. Remember that old wives' tale that you better not eat until you, or better not swim until you've sat out for 30 minutes after you've eaten? Anybody believe that? 
Yeah, old wives' tale. What about this one? What about, um, what about the, uh, if you watch too much TV, it'll hurt your eyes? My mom used to say that all the stinking time. Anybody else? Um, yeah, what about um, eating carrots will help your eyesight? Is that not right? I mean, that's a myth, right? That is a lie, and I, I ain't eating no more carrots. Um, how about this one? Somebody told me this one time, and you may have heard, never heard this one. Popping your knuckles will cause arthritis. I don't believe it. It's a myth. It's an old wives' tale. What about this one? Crossing your eyes too much, and they'll stick that way. I mean, really. I mean, you got to be careful not to cross your eyes too much. Again, those are silly, but what about these? These may be more serious. Here's the truth. Listening to the world rather than listening to the word. If you do this, then you will be valuable. You ever heard that? I mean, again, it's a wives' tale. It's a myth that the world tries to teach us. If you accomplish this, then you'll be worth something. If you gain that, then you'll have it all. Um, I, I had a conversation with a gentleman who was driving down the road in his truck. His, his mom actually called me and said, my son's uh, contemplating suicide. So I, I called him, and uh, I was on the phone with him this week, and um, his, uh, his significant other or whatever had broken up with him, and he uh, was going downhill pretty fast and uh, wanted to end his life. And, 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 and here's the thing. We all struggle with struggles, and this was just his personal struggle. But here's the thing that I showed him, and I tried to teach him. If you put yourself and your worth and your focus on just that one relationship or just that one thing or just that, you know, that more money or just that truck or that horse or whatever it is, they're always going to fail you. I said, you got to get your eyes off the temporary and you got to start focusing on the eternal. And he learned, and hopefully he learned, I don't know, I mean, he may be here today, I don't know, but, 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 but I, I wanted him to focus on what was eternal rather than what was temporary. Ladies, listen, some of you guys are worried about your figure, you're worried about all the stuff that the world says that you've got to be, you've got to look like, and they sell you this lie that if you're not a zero, then you're not valued. It's a lie from the devil. Amen. I mean, seriously, teenagers, I mean, they struggle with it. I, I worked with teenagers for almost 17 years, and they struggle with it. The, the way that the world says that they're supposed to look or whatever. Well, here's the truth. What does what, training yourself to be godly look like? Well, Paul uses the idea of an athlete. Look at it, verse 8. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Now, here's the thing. He's using an athlete. Um, they had track back in the day when they were writing this stuff. We actually, in our Western culture, at least what I think about is a uh, pro rodeo athlete. You may not think about that, but that's what I think about. I think about two athletes that I think are the best in the pro rodeo, and, and these are just my, my choice. Trevor Brazil, obviously one of the best, if not the best, uh, has won multiple championships, and then Tough Cooper, his brother-in-law. Two great, awesome cowboys, great athletes. Now, here's the thing. They didn't just win their world championships by just going into the practice pen and doing the practice thing or roping a few calves or doing this or that. Guess what they did? They hired a personal trainer. You may not know that. Trevor Brazil, his first world championship, had a personal trainer. Tough Cooper um, actually hired a, a personal trainer this year, and he was as big as he's ever been, and he was strong as he's ever been, and he won another world championship. You know why? Because he trained his body. 
He, he did the hard work. He, he eliminated some of the things that he knew he shouldn't eat, and he ate the right things. He exercised. He did everything right so that he could win those world championships. But here's the thing, and I know that Trevor and Tuff, just based on the things that I've read about them, they, they would agree with this. The gold buckles that they've won, they're temporary. They collect dust. Now, is it okay to have gold buckles? Absolutely. Um, but, but they're going to turn, they're temporary. Um, I want to I share with you a little secret about myself. I've joined the gym. Yeah. So here's what I had to do. I had to go buy some shorts. And it never fails. When you go buy shorts and you put those shorts on for the first time and, you're, you know, your legs are all beaming white, that's when everybody you know comes around. I mean, I saw everybody that day. The first day I put shorts on, they were like, dang, nice legs. <laughs> you're kind of hairy. And that gave me a hard time. Well, here's the thing. I, you know, again, I, I'm not big on physical training, but I know that if I want to be a better pastor, if I want to feel better, if I want to serve my wife more, if I want to be a, around for my kids and not die young, then I need to do some physical training. And I actually, uh, she's here today. Tracy uh, owns the, the wellness center that we go to, and um, she works your butt off. I've lost 12 pounds in the last two weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> But here's the thing, uh, you know, we can, we can work out that way, and that's okay. I, I like, I, I've actually enjoyed working out um, because Tracy is the go-to gal. You will never outdo Tracy, um, and I love that about her because I want to beat the snot out of everybody that tries to, you know, challenge me, but I can't beat her. She's going she's gonna to beat me at everything. Um, but here's the thing, the reward is what we focus on. I want to focus on being healthier. I don't want to go on no crazy diet where I got to give up a bunch of stuff. I want to make it a lifestyle so that I can be healthy. Well, here's the same thing. When you train yourself in godliness, listen, it should be a lifestyle, not a Sunday morning, hey, I'm going to go work out on Sunday. Do you get it? I mean, that's just the truth. Training yourself in godliness, it isn't easy. Just like going to those classes and, and working out or running and all that stuff, it's not easy. But if you do it, then you reap the rewards. Now, here's the thing. If you train yourself in godliness, you're going to have to be determined. You're going to have to desire to do it. And you say, okay, Bo, how do I train myself spiritually? Well, let me give you some training exercises. You ready for this? Prayer. You want to grow strong in your faith? You need to be about praying. Um, some of you guys, you pray maybe once a week, and it's usually when you get in trouble, right? You may pray before meals, and you may pray when I pray during church. But other than that, you're not a praying person. Listen, if you're going to train yourself into godliness, then you need to be a praying person. You need to be a person that prays every day, not just, you know, in those, in those times, maybe even during a quiet time. That's good. Have that quiet time where you just sit with God and you pray, but you need to pray consistently throughout your day. You need to pray about the decisions that you make. Should I date this person? Should I go there? Should I drink this? Should I eat this? Should I do this? Whatever. I mean, you need to pray about those things because it's going to train you to be godly. The second thing is you need to worship. I mean, we, we don't just stand up here and, and lead you in songs just so that you can just, you know, stand there and, and take it all in. We desire for you to worship with us, and we want you to truly worship God. The other thing, uh, the way to train her in another exercise is studying his word. Again, I say this all the time. 
But if you want to know the absolute truth written by God, inspired, flawless, you need to read this word. It's true. If you will read this, you will grow in your faith. You will grow in your spiritual life. And can I just say this? Just like exercising, um, you, you typically get stronger and you got to add more weight. It's the same way. When you grow in your faith in Christ, it takes more. you got to add more weight. you got to start reading a little bit more. Maybe instead of reading once a week, you read three times a week. And you exercise your faith by reading the Word of God. And here's the last one. And this is a great exercise, and this scares the pee out of most people. Being a witness to those around you. See, this is the one that people kind of skip out on. And they never really reap the eternal reward that God wants to have in their life because they never open their mouth and share their faith. And you say, Bo, how do you do that? Here's, here's, here's what we've tried to do and establish in our church. If we can build authentic relationships with unchurched people, they'll listen to us. Can I get a witness on that? Yeah. If I, if I just go up to Joe Blow and I just don't know him from Adam and I just start witnessing to him, a lot of times... It backfires. Not every time. I mean, God can do it in any way he wants at any point in any time. But a lot of times, you know what it's taken for me? It's taking building authentic relationships with human beings to, for them to be able to go, Hey, Bo, what do you think about this? And then I get to share what I believe God would sh- have me share. And you, you say, well, that's not me. I, you're the preacher. You're the evangelist. You need to do all that. No, God has called all of us to do that. You want to exercise your faith? You want to challenge yourself? Just just pray, God, give me an opportunity to be a witness for you in my workplace, at the gym, in the arena, wherever it's at. Give me an opportunity to be a witness. And guess what? He's going to open the doors, and then you're going to pee your pants. (laughs) I'm telling you. But But here's the truth. Listen, it's an amazing thing. If you've ever shared your faith with somebody and you've shared, hey, this is what I believe or this is what Jesus has done for me. He's given me eternal life. He's forgiven me of my sin. He's shown me my way so that I could turn the corner and go up rather than down. If you'll share those things with people, it only won't change their life. It'll change your life because you're exercising your faith. And, And so, again, we need to focus in on what's eternal, not just what is temporary. Number two is this. You know, you got this physical training, you got this exercising like we talked about, like, you know, Paul's talking about, and then you got the eternal. Here's the truth. Number two, it can be both. It can be both. Paul's not looking at Timothy and saying, hey, Timothy, choose. Choose what benefits you temporarily or choose what benefits you eternally. No, here's what he says. He says you can have both. It's just like these horses. If I go out and I find a pretty horse that has brains, I've got both. That's a good thing. It's the same way in life. Listen, we can have a good life. We can go fishing. We can, can, you know, have a healthy lifestyle. We can have a nice home. We can have good friends. But here's the thing. God has given us all of those things for our enjoyment. See, a lot of church people, they want to be stuck up, prudes, that don't have fun. They don't know how to smile. They need a glass of wine or something to settle them down. Amen? Some of you guys are like, dang, did he just say that? Yeah, I did. You know what? God has given us freedom in him so that we can experience some great things. Now, again, and and we'll talk about this later. I don't know why I get on this, but if it controls you, it's wrong. If it doesn't control you, it's okay. Does that make sense? 
And so listen, look at 1 Timothy 6, uh, 17. It says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our what? Enjoyment. See, again, a lot of people want to be all stuck up and and not have a good time at church. Listen, we want to enjoy God. The truth is God has provided everything that we have in this world, from the horses to the houses to the exercising to the, the relationships. They're all gifts from God, and they should be enjoyed. But here's the key. Listen to this. The key is this. When you begin to hold on to those worldly temporal things, they're going to fail you. You got to keep your focus on what is eternal, not what is temporary. Do you see the point there? I mean, again, homes are going to burn down. Horses are going to die. Trophies are going to collect dust. Friends are going to fail us. We're going to get injured. Then what? Listen, if your focus has been on too much of the world, listen, it's going to take you down with it. But if your focus is right and you put your hope in the eternal, listen, you will rise above your circumstances. And God will take you even higher. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. It can be both. I can have an enjoyable life and still focus on the eternal. Number three is this, and I'm done. We train ourselves in godliness so that we can serve others. God has given each one of us, everybody in this room, a gift, not just to serve ourselves, but to serve this church and to serve others. Look at 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Listen to what this says. This is an awesome scripture. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Do you see what it's saying? We are to run this race. We're to ride this ride to glorify and to honor God. We are to give it all we've got because, again, the temporary is that, just temporary. But the eternal is what we are really running for. And so here's the, here's the point. Instead of majoring on what's temporal, we need to major on what's eternal. And so here's my, my question to you. Where's your focus? Is your focus on getting more money? Is your focus on the things that aren't going to last, and you've just poured your life into them, listen, it's okay to be ambitious. It's okay to make money. Money's not evil in and of itself. But when it's all you think about, and it's all you focus on, then it's wrong. And so where's your focus at? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Can I just give you some practical advice with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Nobody's looking around. Whatever your passion is in life, use it for the glory of God. 
Again, some of you guys feel like you got to choose. You got to choose between, you know, what, you know, you can enjoy now and what is eternal. Listen, God wants you to enjoy what he's given you, but he wants you to use it for his glory and to serve others. And so maybe your passion is horses. Maybe it's riding. Maybe it's, you know, cowboying. Maybe it's running. Maybe whatever it is. Listen, use your passion as an opportunity to rub shoulders with people that need to know the hope that you have. Here's what I've learned. Most of the people that I meet that don't go to church, if I will become their friend, they will open up to me. And they'll be okay with talking about spiritual things. And so again, where's your focus? How many of you guys, nobody's looking around, but how many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo, I struggle with keeping my eyes focused on the eternal and I focus too much on the temporary. Anybody raise your hand and say, that's me? Yeah, all over the room. Some of you guys, you know, maybe just raise your hands. You, you've been focusing more on buying that pretty horse in life and you've learned that, that all that happens when you focus too much on that is that you get to hit the dirt. Some of you know Christ personally. You've given your life to Jesus, but you've been focused so much on what you can gain in this world, and you've not focused in on what is eternal. And that's, you know, again, sharing those things, serving people, loving God, giving it all you've got. Just like you give it all you got in the cutting pin, just like you give it all you got in the gym, just like you give it all you got in everything else. Why don't we give it all we've got to the Lord? And some of you need to repent today and you need to say, okay, Lord, I know I focus too much on this world and I want you to train me to be godly. I don't want to just burn in my muscles. I want to burn for you. So some of you that know Christ, you need to maybe make that prayer your prayer today. Lord, I repent. I want to turn away from the temporary I want to focus less on that, and I want to focus more on you. Some of you are here today, and you need to, you need to focus on, on the eternity in your life. You need to say, okay, Lord, I, I don't know Jesus personally. Therefore, I, I don't have eternity waiting for me. I'm not going to go all the way with Jesus because I'm, I don't know Jesus. And so some of you maybe need to ask God to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life for the first time. You need to say, Lord, I want you to save me of my sin. I know I'm a sinner. I know I do what's wrong. And I want you to forgive me so that I can have eternal life in heaven when I die. Listen, all it takes is knowing Jesus Christ. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe you need to, you know, confess that and say, Lord, I need you to, to save me. I need you to come into my life. Listen, if you made a decision or want to make a decision or have questions, we are here to answer your questions. And so here's what I'm going to do. If you, if you have questions, all we ask you to do is just come find me, come find one of our leaders that you know, walks with Jesus, and we would love to answer your questions. If you made a decision today, all we ask you to do is grab one of those orange sheets on our guest table and fill it out, place it in the offering bucket on the table, and we will contact you. We want to know about the decisions that you've made. Maybe you need to, you know, text us. We have a, a cell phone that if you'll just text your name to, we will contact you about your decision. And so 
those are the ways that we can find out and we can connect with you. And so we ask you to do that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer and we're going to be done. And I hope that as you leave this place, you will begin to allow God to train you in godliness. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for how it's challenged me to be a better man, not just physically, but uh, to eternally and spiritually. And Lord, may I begin as a preacher, as, this, as the servant of this church and the, the leader of this church, I, I pray that you would just help me to focus in on what's eternal rather than what's temporary. Lord, I thank you for those that are focusing more on the eternal and giving it all they've got. They're giving everything that they have. Every day they give it all to you. They pray, they read your word, they witness, they share their faith. Lord, keep them strong. And for those of us that may be focused more on the temporary, make us stronger in thinking about the things of eternity, not just the things of this world. And so Lord, we praise you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions, please contact us. We would love to visit with you. Again, Thousand Hills Ranch Church at yahoo.com, or you can contact us by phone, 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.